well. Happy Sunday. You feeling good? All right. I like that. I like that. can always count on Michelle. That's what I'm talking about. Although you did get a new car, so you're probably, you're probably feeling a little bit better. Thursday. Oh, man. So you're just, you're just happy anyway. I like that about you. Well, I'm glad you're here. I think this is going to be an important Sunday. And I don't think God makes mistakes that you're here right now. I want to preach a sermon to you about the time. The time. When I think about time, I also think about patience. Anybody in here want to just confess right now that you struggle with patience? Anybody? Anybody? Yeah, like probably all of us, right? There might be like one or two of you that are more spiritual than me when it comes to patience, but or maybe maybe a lot of you are more spiritual than me. You're like, I just need to follow a, a mangy shepherd, right? <laughs> and uh, but patience. Think think about patience. Think about all the things in this culture we are incredibly impatient about. No, go ahead. Like, I want you to think about it. I want you to think about, like, yesterday. What did you struggle with in patience yesterday? Traffic. Amen. Amen, sister. Right? Like, if I, if I have... No, we're never going to go there. But if you've got a patience problem, you understand how some of the people in the first century church would have felt. You know, when you read through the New Testament, you will come across phrases like, Jesus is coming back. Or, the time of his coming is at hand. They lived in full expectation that Jesus was going to return in their lifetime. The video asked you a couple questions. One of them was, what time is it? And I don't want you to say 10.33, and you've got 27 minutes to get this over with, right? Like, patience problem, right? It asks you another question. How will you choose to live? You know, I think if the church in the United States of America has, well, we have a lot of downfalls, (laughs) But even in our church, even in Redeemer City Church, in this short two years that we have been here, a shift in mindset has taken place. Time is of the essence when you plant a church. Does that make sense? Like when you show up on Sunday number one, like we did, and there's eight people there, you're like, oh, Oh, we did the wrong thing. (laughs) And you're like, nobody wants to come to our church. But then as time goes on and your church begins to grow and you begin to see uh, people there and you have a celebration like last week on Easter where the room is full and there is a comfort that creeps in that is incredibly dangerous. No amens? I don't get an amen on that. You got it. (laughs) He's like, you're not getting an amen. You just got (laughs) to... I understand that. I understand that. Well, what I want to do today is walk you through Second Peter chapter 3, the whole thing. Second Peter chapter 3. And, and I, I want to encourage us, but also challenge us. And if you're watching online, this is for you as well. To change your perspective on your time. 
I want to encourage you, first of all, before we even jump into the scripture, to look forward to the return of Jesus Christ. In our culture, we're tempted to get into what we're doing and forget about what God's doing. Do you remember what Jesus prayed in the garden? He said, Father, bring your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. That is how Jesus ordered his life. And that's what he's called us to order our lives around. And the temptation is for life to become about our job, our kids, our stuff, our... You fill in the blank. Every one of us is different, whether we're in school or college or got our first job or we're, we've been doing this a long time. It's tempting for me as your pastor to, to get into the mode of the program and to just be your CEO when God's not called me to be your CEO. God's called me to be your shepherd. And so when, when the mindset begins to shift, it's my job to point us back to the reality of why God put Redeemer City Church in this city. Are you tracking with me? Okay. Because what, what we saw last week is potential. It's potential. The fact that there are people outside these walls who would be willing to walk inside these walls if we would get serious about being a witness for Jesus Christ. Did you, did you recognize that? Like most people, I saw a stat that Lifeway Research put out this past week that 80% of people that you know would at least be willing to have a conversation with you about your faith if you would just ask. 80%. That's crazy. But it's true. And it, it's been true in my experience. When I walk around the corner right here, and I have lunch right here, people are willing to talk to me about my faith. I walked in there with Pastor Ben, and we had lunch, and... All the servers are like, hey, you're back, you're back. I'm like, I know, I spent so much money here, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, woo! And they're willing to talk. They're willing to talk. Are you willing to talk? Isn't it sad that the conversations with people outside the church, the people out there are, are willing to have that conversation. It's the people in here that aren't willing to have that conversation. What's wrong with that picture? Can I, can I step on your toes a little bit harder? Yeah? Is that okay? Bring it. Bring it, preacher. Right? Here, here's what I'm convinced of reading the New Testament. Okay? Here, here's, here's what I read, and here's what I see, and here's what I drawn the conclusion of as a reality and, and I'm going to apply uh, the gospel to you in a second so don't get too run down by this statement but I think it's true I've, I've lived this to be true is that if, if you're unwilling and are not sharing your faith you, you're not following Jesus you're not and I don't say that to you as a, a downgrade. I say it to you to encourage you to look inside your heart. Because here, here's the truth. You don't know the right Jesus if it's not overflowing out of your heart. You don't have the right Holy Spirit in your heart. 
you, you, you may have a religion. You may have some action. But the reality of the gospel is so incredibly real and big and deep and wide. The reckless love of God come into your life always shows itself. Sometimes it shows itself in, in tearful repentance because of your sin. Some of us, that's where, that's where we need to start today. You need to just, you need to get real. You need to let the, the law of God work you over so that you understand just how wretched you are. People don't like to hear that, but until you know how bad you are, you don't know how good Jesus is. That's hard to come to terms with. I get it. Even as a Christian, when, when God just reminds you and sort of slaps you upside the head with his word, it just reminds you that you're not all you're cracked up to be in your own head. Whether, I'll leave it there. You, you, you know what I'm talking about. Well, wherever you find yourself, I want to give you a couple things to hang your hat on in Second Peter chapter 3. Because the reality is, is this question matters. But it matters in the sense that you will have the freedom to reorient your life around God's purposes instead of yours. And what you're going to find is that when you lay down your life, the Bible says, you'll find it. Does that make sense? So go to Second Peter chapter 3. If you're taking notes today, it's a good week to take notes. I've got some blanks for you. There was a sheet in your study guide. There should be a, a pen around you somewhere. Or you can get on the Version Bible app and go under events. And you can find the same notes there and take it with your phone. But, but as, as we think about the second coming of Christ, but basically if, if you're new to church or you, you haven't followed along with Scripture much in your life, that's totally fine. We're glad you're here. But basically, God created the world. We messed it up. This is the super cliff notes version. All right. We messed it up with sin. Jesus came as a baby. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. Lived a perfect life. The one that you couldn't live, that you're trying to live. Died on the cross. Rose three days later, which is what we celebrated last weekend. And now we look forward to his coming again. So when I, when I reference that, that's what I'm talking about. In this grand storyline of the Bible, uh, the ending is Jesus wins. Right? Because we look around the world now and we're like, what is happening in our world? The United States of America, terrible place. You know, you look around the Middle East, terrible place. But in the midst of that, God is doing something. God's at work and you can see that. And, and you can dive into some of these ministries that are following and tracking along with how God's church is expanding in hard places. God's at work. And so we're looking forward to his coming again. And it's in that setting that, that I want you to come to Second Peter 3 because what's happening here in the setting of the book is people are asking questions. They're asking Peter questions like, when exactly is he going to come? Why hasn't he come yet? Fair questions, right? I mean, the last thing Jesus said to me is, I'm going to be with you always, and I'm coming again, I'm coming back. But I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. It's going to be better than me being in person. 
That's like the one verse in the Bible I don't get at all. Like Jesus Christ looking you in the eye like I am right now, face to face, and be like, it's actually going to be good for you if I go away. <laughs> I know you're perfect, but I think you're mistaken. <laughs> like you leaving my sight right now is not better for me. But why did he say that? Because he was going to give the Holy Spirit. But they still thought he was coming in their lifetime. And so, so listen to what Scripture says here in Second Peter 3. This is now the second letter, Peter says, I'm writing to you, beloved. In both of them, I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior through your apostles. Knowing this, first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. They will say, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. Though The world's asking that question too, by the way. If God is so good, why all this bad? That, that's still the question being asked. If, if, if your God is so powerful, where is he? There's good answers for that. But listen to what Peter says here. Verse 5. For they deliberately overlook this fact that the heavens existed long ago and the earth was formed out of the water and through water by the word of God and that by means of these the world that then existed, existed was deluged with water and perished. But by the same word the heavens and the earth that now exist are stored up for fire being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is a, as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. Can we just pause here and can I just point out to you that that's not talking about God's will for your individual life. We rip this verse kicking and screaming out of context when we don't understand why God's not giving us what we want. We go, well, God's timing is just not like ours. You know, he may, he may, yeah. no, that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about judgment. Talking about final ending judgment where the Father, God, Holy God, will separate those who bowed the knee to Christ, confessed Christ, and those who didn't. And Scripture says, with fire. So let's stop abusing that verse and putting it on coffee mugs. Deal? Look at verse 9. In that context, here, here, this, this is a promise for you. The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise as some count slowness. Listen to this. But is patient toward you. Anybody thankful that God is patient toward you? We have a patience problem. God does not have a patience problem. And that is the gospel, is it not? That in the midst of this judgment chapter, the patience of God is being extended to you. We'll talk about that more in a second. Listen to this. Not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. And then the heavens will pass away with a roar. And the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved. And the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be? 
in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. And count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him. As he does in all his letters and when he speaks in them of these matters, there are some things in them that are hard to understand. Can Peter get an amen? Have you ever read through Romans? Say, man, I really like that. I'm not totally sure what all that means. Peter didn't either. But listen to this. We have a choice even in that, don't we? To trust God's word or to test God's word. Let's, let's look at what Peter says here. There are some things that are hard to understand which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures. You, therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, with knowledge comes responsibility, right? Knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability. Verse 18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. Powerful scripture, right? It's a lot there. I want to give you three things out of this to help you rest in the good news of Jesus and to propel you into the freedom of living like it's your last day. Does that make sense? That it's not you pulling yourself up by your bootstraps that's going to make things happen for the gospel. It's that God is already at work and what he's asking you to do is lay down your ambition and pick up his. And if you'll do that, you'll see him do things that you never thought were possible. That's why Ephesians says that now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all that you could ask or even imagine... Think about that. Think about the reality of that verse because it's the word of God. It's true. What is the best thing you can imagine for God's church? What's the best thing? The Bible says what you're imagining isn't even close to what's possible. Why don't churches see that? Is that a fair question? Well, why why don't we see that? Because we don't choose to live as though this is our last day. We, we have not trusted the gospel somewhere. We've either put our trust in our ability to work or our ability to plan or our ability to do whatever we think we're good at. So let me give you three things. The first one here from verse 9. I want you to write this down. God's delay is a chance for renewed vocation. I don't usually give you big words like that, but, but I want you to have that word, okay? That's, that's an important statement. God's delay is a chance for renewed vocation. You know what vocation is? Vocation is your job 
It's why you do what you do. It's who you are in the world, what you're called to do. Do you ever wonder why God, why in the world God doesn't just stop the madness? I mean, think about it. If, if you were God, wouldn't you just stop this nonsense? I mean, you just, you watch the news for 10 minutes and you're just like, man, God, why don't you just, I mean, you parent for 10 minutes. You're like, God, why don't you just come back, right? And, uh, you know, I, I know you just had a little baby. and uh, But even in the middle of the night, you're like, God, come back. All right? I just want to sleep. There's just so many things when you look around the world, you're like, God, why don't you just stop it? Yeah, God, why? Even, even the important things, like, God, your name's being drugged through the mud. Why don't you stop it and, and set things right and... Come on the clouds. Come on your horse and, and, and show people this is who I am. Why? I believe that scripture bears out that God's heart is not to destroy the earth, but to renew the earth. Jesus prayed that way. Jesus acted that way. And the language here is that God's delay is our chance for a new vocation. So what is our vocation? What is God telling us His heart is for the earth? Look at verse 9 and 10 again. Or verse 9, just verse 9. The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise as some count slowness. We have a patience problem. We look at what's wrong in the world and we forget about what's right in the world. We look at what's wrong in the world and we forget to see what God's doing in the world. You can bring that out of the clouds and into your own life. A lot of times we look at what's wrong in our life and we forget how gracious God's been in our life. The gospel allows you to stop looking at what's wrong and look at what's right. That in, in all this chaos, Jesus is slow to his wrath and that it's God Paul says it this way it's God's kindness that leads to repentance that because he's in delay of coming back to set all things right because here's the reality if God came back to set things right would you be ready? I wouldn't maybe God's delay is your chance to renew your vocation in the kingdom of God what an awesome thing don't hear that as God's law hear that as God's grace that that he doesn't just come back and wipe everything out that's what I would do like man Mitch can't even can't get anything right done right God doesn't work that way God doesn't work that way he says here that he's patient toward you why why not wishing that any should perish but that all should reach repentance. Can I ask you a question? What is God's plan in the New Testament that all should reach repentance? What's his plan? We are, right? To share good news. Well, it's why it's on the wall back there, right? If we love God, like if we have wrapped our head at all around loving God, Oh man, you can't help but share good news. You can't help it. 
And then, so what, what I want to do is just remind you today, God has not been slow towards you. Or God has not been quick towards you. He's been slow. And it's been an intentional slowness so that all would not perish but reach repentance. And because he's done that for you, he's called you to give that to others. Because you, the church, are plan A. And there is no plan B. God, 1 Corinthians one twenty-seven. we talk about it all the time. God chooses to use the weak things in the world to shame the strong. In case you were wondering, that is you. And that is me. And for some reason, in his glorious plan, he's given us the privilege of carrying his name to the nations. The ones right across the street, the ones right next door, the ones in your neighborhood. They're people that need Christ. And God's given us the freedom to say, whatever happens to me doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You, know, you can take my life. I, I, I often think back to last year when those Coptic Christians were on the beach in Egypt. And ISIS just took their life, had them beheaded on camera. And you know, it's just like you, you put yourself on that moment and, you, and you're like, what would I do? What would I do in that moment? They were so quick to say, I'm, I'm for Christ. If you can chop my head off. I'm for Christ. How, how do you get there? Because the, the, the love of God has so captured you. Sometimes our ease is our detriment, right? In this country. That we're not forced to make solid decisions. We're not forced to come to terms with the fact that Jesus Christ gave his life up for you. Be a privilege to give it up for him. The fact that God has not yet come is our chance to renew our love for his work in this world. You have the opportunity to get on board with the God of the universe and be a part of him bringing his kingdom on earth just as it is in heaven. What, what better thing to live for? I'm not saying go quit your job. I'm saying go to your job and live for Christ. Go to your job and just lay everything down for the sake of his name. What would that look like on Monday morning? Some of you are already doing that, and I know you are, and, and it's encouraging. But let me, let me give you four ways you can do that. Let me give you four ways real quick from Scripture that you can do that. The, the first one, the Bible says, if you draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. The, the first step is that love God peace. If, if you love God and understand his love for you, you'll understand the times. You will. You'll understand the severity of the times. God's delay is your chance. The second thing is to pray to the Holy Spirit. I think a lot of times we get stuck saying Lord or Father, and then we just close it out in Jesus' name, and we just we get in that rut. But all three members of the Trinity are God and ought to be prayed to, and they all have a different function within the Godhead. And the Holy Spirit is the one that God, that Jesus said, I'm going to leave and it's going to be better for you. Why? Because I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. You have instant, personal access to the God of the universe at all times. 
at all times. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says that he's given you power, not just power to do to be awesome. What does it say? It's to be power to be his witness. You actually need the power of God to be his witness. Pray to him. Ask him for it. Ask him to show up. When you walk into that place that you know you ought to share Christ, but you don't feel like you can, ask him for it. He will show up. And he will open that window for you to share. And he'll be the one who allows you to step through it and share. It will happen. I've never prayed, God, grant me the power of your spirit to be your witness today and paid attention and not had a chance. It's never happened. It's never happened. Why? Because people are all over the place. You have to hide to not be able to share your faith. You do. You got to pull, you got to get in your air conditioned car, pull into your garage, turn it off, put the door down, run into your back door. You, you, you know, if you don't have a garage, you just pull your coat up. You don't want to see nobody. Get your windows tinted. Right? Like, there's the things we do. Like, maybe you don't pull your coat up, but, you know, we've got our. I, I'm guilty too. I've got my windows tinted. I've got a garage. I, I can avoid people if I want to. God's not called you to avoid people. He's called you to go into all the world and preach the gospel. It's not just my job. My job is to implore you to do the work of the ministry. Did you know that it's not my job to be in ministry? We often refer to the pastor being in ministry. It's not my job to be in ministry. It's my job to prepare you to be in ministry. Your ministry is so important because it's how God is working in the world. That's literally my job description in Scripture, to prepare you to do the work of the ministry. And then for me to pray and read and prepare you. That, that's my job. And so my job description, I only fulfill my role if you go fulfill your role. And so I'm encouraging you to join God in doing what he's doing. And to do it, you've got to pray. You've got to pray to the Holy Spirit. You've got to draw near to God. Which leads us to number three. It's evangelize. We don't even use that word anymore. <laughs> like, you're supposed to be an evangelist. Go and share. Tell people about Jesus. And let me give you a fourth one that you probably didn't expect me to say here. Let me give you a fourth one, okay? Um, this is all under point number one, right? Is to seek good for people who wouldn't expect it. Seek good for people that wouldn't expect it. Okay? And I'm talking about all the people you're thinking about. LGBTQ, the opposing political party, other ethnicities. Wherever you struggle. Wherever your political button is. You know, first of all, I don't care. I don't care where your political button is. I actually hate politics. All of it. If you're a politician and you end up finding this online, we love you in the name of Jesus. We hope you get saved. No, we need good politicians. We do. But if that's your savior, you're in big trouble. You're in big trouble. Here's, here's the reality. When you will walk across 
whatever that aisle is in your mind. All human beings are made in God's image and we can love them without affirming their lifestyle. That is lost in our culture. It's really, it's really lost and it's our job as a church to bring it back. That loving people has nothing to do with affirming their choices. And by the way, if they're not a Christian, they don't care that it's sin. You yelling at them for their sin, they don't care. Most of us in here don't care when somebody else yells at us about our sin. (laughs) And it actually is sin for us. We don't care. There's no special award for being angry with people. But there is a crown that's given to those who give the words of life. Listen, your rage and your political ideas are not going to change the world. Even the people who rise in power, they don't change the world. Let's go to number two. The second thing. So the first one is that God's delay is a chance for renewed vocation, that you can get on board in your life with the mission of God. And the second thing that I, that I really want you to, to wrap your head around is that God's patience is our opportunity. You know, first, he, he reminds us and calls us back into what he's doing, not what we're doing. But when you drill down into that, it's his patience that is our opportunity. And it's our opportunity in two ways. First of all, maybe today you're not a follower of Christ. Maybe you're not a follower of Jesus. You've never confessed Jesus Christ as Lord of your life. God's patience is your opportunity. Maybe you're sitting here today and you've assumed you were a Christian for a long time, but you've never confessed Christ as Lord and reoriented your life around His purposes. It's not about you making money or rising the ranks or doing what you think you have the ability to do. It's not about that. And that's hard, right? Like, that's really hard. And then when you have kids and you think, like, I want to I raise a world changer. Yes, so do I. But then you, like, have them. <laughs> and then you watch them do really stupid things. And you're like, that's not going to get the job done. Presidents don't do that, right? And you're, you're just like, he's four. What are you, why are you yelling at him? <laughs> he doesn't care. All he cares about is Cheetos, right? And, and I, I'm oversimplifying that, but, but we, we live that way. We, we rarely live thinking this could be my last day. This could really be it. This could really be it. I've got the chance to go out with a bang got a chance to make a difference got a chance to be a part of what God is doing in the world so if you don't know Christ I want to encourage you to come to Christ today that today can be the day that changes your life his return is coming but it's not here yet you still have time you still have time. You can receive His grace instead of His wrath. You see, the thing that makes God's grace so awesome is that His holiness and His wrath are coming. 
you know, there's two sides to that coin. We tend to celebrate the one side and not talk about the other. But the thing that makes God's grace so wonderful is that He's holy. He's holy and His wrath is coming and He will make all things new and He will set things right and people will be judged and there is a real place called hell. All of those things are real. And so, God's patience is your opportunity. You don't need the sin that you love so much. It's a lie. It's Satan's lie. Satan always overpromises and underdelivers. Keeps you right where he wants you. If he gets your hopes up that your sin is finally going to satisfy you, that you're finally going to find what you've been looking for, that you're finally going to be happy without Jesus, and then you find out that it's empty just like it was before, that bigger paycheck, that next whatever, whatever it is for you, it's different for all of us. That addiction, whatever it is, wherever you find yourself, doesn't fulfill. You can have God's grace. You need Jesus. And it's His patience that's your opportunity. For those of us who do know Christ, we're afforded the opportunity to walk with Christ. You have the privilege of walking with Jesus. The Bible says that He calls you friend. We sang earlier, or we're going to sing, I can't forget, I was here for practice, that He sings over you. Just stop and think about that for a second. God the Father, looking at you, would sing for you. If you've had a child, you know what that's all about. They can't fall asleep unless you sing to them. It just doesn't happen. never happens. You've got like a seven-year-old. He's like, Dad, can you sing to me? I'm like, that's weird, bud. It's a little weird. But I'll do it because I like it. <laughs> Like, God sings to me, and I'm in my mid-30s. So, absolutely. But when you're 18, I'm not doing it. Cutting it off. <laughs> why, why, why do kids like that? Because they need their father. They need their dad. Did you know that you need your dad? Some of you don't have a good earthly dad. You've got a perfect father in heaven who never leaves you, never forsakes you, never fails you when it matters. It's always there. God's patience is your opportunity. If you don't know Christ, would you come to Christ today? Would you confess Him as Lord? Would you accept Him, be adopted into His family? And if you do know Him, His patience is your opportunity. That because, Scripture says, His mercies are new every morning, great is His faithfulness. Because of that, you can start right now. You can change your perspective. Why preach a sermon like this? Why ask you to consider living your life as if today is your last day? Why preach a sermon like that? Because God's mercies are new every morning. Every morning that you get up, you can start over. The Gospel is good news because despite you... He wants to live in and with and through you. What an amazing thing that God's patience is our opportunity. Look at verse 14 and 15. Let me remind you of that. Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by Him without spot or blemish. Now, that sounds like law, like shape up, pal. But what's the next phrase say? And at peace 
Nobody's at peace when they're getting yelled at. Right? Now, some of you military folks, you might be okay with that. Freaks me out, man. You watch those videos of people like, Aah! I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to do that. Nobody's at peace when they're getting yelled at. God's not yelling at you. What's the scripture teaching you? While you're waiting, you can be at peace and be diligent to be found without spot or blemish. What an awesome thing. We're going to invite the band back up. We're going to sing a song that is going to touch your heart, the words to it. But as they come, I want you to think about this last thing. Because it's always there. It's always there. The last thing I want you to write is that the key is always Jesus. Right? Throw up, those, throw up that last verse, if you would, Bethany. The last verse here. Look at, look at what it says. But grow in what? What does that say? It. Grace. But grow in grace and knowledge of what? Your Lord and what? Savior. You see, God demands everything. But then he gives everything. Right? When, that's the thing we talk about all the time here. That you can't do what God has asked you to do. The, the, the demand is perfection. God says, be perfect because I'm perfect. Well, you're just like, I'm out. I'm out. You can stand with me. And look at it. It says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Why? To Him be glory, both now in your life and to the day of eternity. There's a beauty and a glory of self-forgetfulness. That I can lay everything down. I can go to work tomorrow and be a completely different person. I can do things in a totally different way because of Christ. That because God has not yet come, I have a chance to live in His grace. Because God's not come, I can share the good news that He's given me with everybody else around me. What an awesome thing. What a gracious God we serve. But here's the deal. Here's the reality. It's your choice. God didn't create robots. He didn't. He gave you the opportunity to choose. How will you live? How will you live? One of two things is going to happen. You're going to walk out of here and you're going to forget all about it. But I believe that there's a few of you who will walk out of here and things are going to be different. Things are going to be different. God's patience is your opportunity.